TV, we have with us an all-star cast today. Um, I'd like to thank Eli for starting us late, as usual. Um, <laughs> although Eli seems to have had a great following. Uh, we have with us um, Mr. Justin Fitzgerald, also known as the Fob Whisperer. He is uh, way with these people. Um, Robert Whitaker. <laughs> and this dainty little thing that's with us here is uh, Junior Paulo, uh, Parramatta Eels player, uh, pro boxer. We're trying to get him into MMA as well. So thank you guys for, for joining us. Also, this season is the start of the Katmandu jacket season. So um, it does get cold here. And uh, the jacket has made a comeback. <laughs> End of introduction. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for coming. Thanks for making an appearance. You know what jacket I want to see come back is that red one. Who's, who, which jack? Your jacket. It's, like, it's red with white on it. The, that's a Liverpool soccer team jacket. <laughs> um, it may make a comeback. It's nowhere near as warm as this jacket. Yeah, and it's seen better days. <laughs> no, no, this jacket is very, very warm. Yeah. This jacket's very warm. Um, Junior, thank you for coming. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Can't wait to get stuck in. How's your season been going? Um, it's been going well. Um, obviously, it would be nice to win a couple more games. We started the season off well. Um, I think we're just at a rough patch now of, of, of footy mid-season. Just sort of uh, a bit complacent. Uh, just need to get back on track and, and find our way to get a couple more wins. Um, Justin and I are going to be sharing this microphone uh, because Rob hasn't fought for a while. We're really <laughs> feeling the pinch. We, um, we're down to one microphone between the two of us. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyways, on a, on a more serious note, though, I want to first uh, thank our sponsor, Kaplan Homes. Kaplan Homes. Um, great, great building. They're a very, very good building company. Please see them for all your building needs. But um, actually, uh, one of the things that I did want to bring up was uh, over the weekend, they had a, a fundraiser for Cole Montgomery, who uh, used to train with you at PMA. He, he, and he had a really unfortunate accident where um, I'm not sure the exact nature of the accident and how bad the disability is at this, at this point. Um, but there was a massive fundraiser and there is a GoFundMe page available for Cole. Um, the turnout was unbelievable for him uh there was lots of black belts i think it was over 20 black belts there doing a se doing seminars for him um he's a grappler from uh down at the south coast he competed in judo competed in samba actually competed internationally um and it was really really sad because it's always as as athletes it's always in the back of our minds that you know that that could happen to someone so i mean if you do get a chance you 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 want to uh go on that page and Cole montgomery's uh, GoFundMe page. We're going to put up a link uh, later on. Um, please do so and just help out. Anything you can do to help out would, would be uh, much appreciated. It's it's terrible to hear these things happen in the sport, and you know the best thing we can do is all get together and just you know support support these guys that that do take injuries like this in in, in our field. We um uh, during that weekend we weren't able to attend. We had uh, wrestling nationals. <coughs> and um, so our whole team was at was down at Canberra. But uh, yes, yeah, so if anyone can help out, please please do. Um, it's really unfortunate. In 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 your sport, you have you come across that sort of injury, that, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, um, you know, there's uh, the more um, recent um, Alex McKinnon in incident that happened a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's sad, like Rob, Rob said. Um, you know, to see those things happen to guys. 
who you play against, but even just in the in the game itself. And um, I think at training as well, um, you know, you come across a little close close calls with uh, the crusher tackles, and we're seeing in in today's game itself, we're trying to scrub that out of the game. So, you know, it's unfortunate to see it happen to someone, but then then again, we're also professional athletes, and it's it's our life. So. What, is that is that something that's in the in the back of your mind? Like, like when you when you are playing, when you're in the game, is it something that that you think about that could happen to you? Um, not necessarily. You know, you're not running out there and <coughs> and sort of backing your way in trying to get caught in those positions to milk penalties. Um, you know, there's a few. Can cases. you explain the nature of the of the crusher tackle? Yeah. So more so when you're backing into a tackle and and sitting down towards the ground and. Um, you've got the the opposition guys who are pretty much over the top of you, and it, they're coming down, crushing your your head from the back. So you're almost caught into a sort of a bad car accident where you're squashed <coughs> and you can't get out of out of that tackle. So before we finish, no, he's not going to demonstrate on me. No, <laughs> no way, Jose. Yeah, so <coughs> we've had a couple of close calls, like I said, at training. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you try and avoid, but. Um, now, when big hundred kilo guys are going at it, um, full pelt at each other, and um, you know you're trying to avoid those things, but somehow you just get caught up in the in the um, in that case, and you're just trying to just let go and let the the ball carrier roll away safely. Is a is so there's a crusher tackle, speed tackles, yeah, and head highs. What was Alex McKinnon's one? Do you uh, do you know? Yeah, it was more a speed tackle. Um, just. Yeah, it was lifted yeah. the horizontal and then dumped on his head, so to speak. So it would have been a, a bad a bad um injury to sustain, obviously, and then sort of the, the outcome where it landed him in is sort of very unfortunate. You you played with him growing up? Yeah, uh through the juniors I, I played against him. Um never never played with him. Um my first year of twenties I got to play against him. I remember uh, yeah, he was just one of those guys who come onto the scene straight away that you knew we were going to excel in rugby league. Um, you know, he was a real standout player growing up. So um, he was playing for Newcastle at the time. Um, oh, would have been maybe 2011 or 12, one of my first years there. But just one of those real workhorses. You you played opposite each other? Uh, was he a front rower? You were a front rower? Yeah, well, he was... Somewhere in the middle, I don't know if he had thirteen or or a prop, but yeah, he's definitely in the middle. But just yeah, one of those tough players to play play against. I feel like those uh those crusher tackles would be almost more um, prevalent in like in training and stuff because it'd be like a position you run, you hit up, but because it's at training, you give up the tackle, like you give up the position a lot. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening um, yeah. at training. Um, even myself too, I find that when you. You know, the coaches are telling you to carry hard into the line, mm. but then sort of lose your legs. And that when you're losing your legs to find the ground, that's when you you sort of just limp and yeah. you're getting caught in, in those positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Junior, so what's your, your history? So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like you, you were born in New Zealand to Samoan parents and how old you were when you came here, etc. Yeah, um, born in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, moved over 97, 98. Um, moved to uh, Liverpool, uh, well Ashcroft, and um, pretty much been there ever since. Uh, Fun fact: Fab's an Ashcroft boy as well, so you two are forever linked. Actually, myself, 
Junior and David Roberts all graduated from Ashcroft High School. Um, a couple of the Ashcroft greats. Look, man, look at that. What, what great job, Ashcroft. Keep, keep on keeping on. It's <laughs> producing those, those fine people, fine humans. Um, no, okay, so then you, you came out here. You, you, you always played at Ashcroft, which at one stage was a, a, was a rugby league school. But since then, like, it wasn't it, – it never really – saw those great days as it did back I don't know, in the 80s or something. But when you were there, you never went to, like you never got enticed to go to one of the sports schools or one of the private schools with, with the rugby league programs? Uh, not really, but I sort of had every opportunity uh, in school. So every year that I was there, so we'll go out and play in your local um, school competitions where you're playing against other schools. And then, so you, you know, you've got your sports school scouts that will always come out and watch. Or whether it'll be on the on the weekend rep games, um, you know, you get approached by a couple of these teachers asking you whether you want to try out for for a school. But um, me personally, it wasn't my thing. Um, uh, school was only a couple of houses down the road for me, um, so I didn't mind just waking up and just walking to school yeah. <laughs> rather than catching a bus and train. Um, but more so, my old man um, always wanted me to play footy. But it was more so a fact whether he just said, if you're good enough to play footy, it didn't matter what school you you went to. And that's sort of how it just come about and not, not going to any sports schools. What So so what was the transition like? So you, you played, so talk us through your career. You played at Ashcroft, then you played junior, you played your junior football with? Cabramatta. Um, <coughs> I was a, yeah, so played throughout school and then, um, Started from under sixes as a four-year-old. I was actually a pretty big four-year-old. <laughs> yeah, you would have been. <laughs> <laughs> you see his son. His son is like, how old, how old is he now? Murray yeah, he's four now. He's four. Yeah. He's like a spitting image. He runs around the house. He's yeah. like this guy. He's going he's gonna to be a beast, trust me. Yeah, he's pretty much the same. Um, so he should have played um, this year, but we'll leave him for one more year. How big were you as a four-year-old? Uh... So I was probably the same size as all the other six-year-olds in the team. At least the same size. So you yeah. weren't like the biggest kid when you, you were as a four-year four-year-old. You weren't the biggest kid. Now, nah, once I got to under sixes, then I was the biggest kid. <laughs> <laughs> when I started playing my own age. Um. So then, from Cabramatta, where where did you go? What happened? Um. Played played all the way through to under twelves, and then Ashcroft Stallions was still around. Um, played two years there, um, only because a couple of the boys from school were nagging me to come play with them, so I figured why not, and then went back to, to Cabramatta under-15s, which is the first year of Harold Matts, and then that's where the sort of Parramatta system started with me, and started from 15s, played two years of Harold Matts, two years of SG Ball, and then one year of 20s before yeah climbing, climbing to first grade. Then you were at Parramatta? How'd you end up in Canberra? Yeah, uh, funny, funny story about that was uh, 2016. Um, a few, a few rugby union games came about. Um, playing local rugby union. Uh, oh, that was you! <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, um, without the headgear now. So uh, the club was going through a bit of strife at the time um, with salary cap dramas, and then. Um, you know, there's a, a photo where they call the famous dinner between me, Corey Norman, and James Seguiara at the Star City, just with a couple of um, lads 
Um, I guess from no, 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 no. But we got to do each part of the story justice. <laughs> we got to go back. Go back to the union. To the union. Yeah, yeah. You can't gloss over the union story. I totally forgot about that. I'm happy to talk about it now that it's in the past. Now, yeah. it wasn't my first game that I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened? Tell the story because other people don't know. No, um, my brother-in-law happens to be the coach at Oatley, um, Oatley Rugby Union. Um, uh, uh, it was a Friday Friday night. Um, we played the Bulldogs, and then um, we actually got a good win that night too. And then went home, uh, had a couple of beers with my brother-in-law and, and his mates, and and sort of just started talking about um, you know what what their game plan was for for the next day of that Saturday. And then I ended up tagging along um, just to watch. Yeah, just to watch. But um, somehow my boots found its way in the car as well <laughs> as well as a headgear. And, um, yeah, we were just um, kicking the ball around and the boys go, oh, you, you want to have a run? And I was like, oh, no, nah, I played last night a bit sore. Uh, like, oh, it's, you know, it's just for a laugh and, you know, at least we can say we've played with a first grader. <laughs> this is what they said. And then ended up, um, you know, I jumped on the second half for, for third grade. And you know, just <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was more so just for a laugh and hanging out with the boys. And then, so we finished that game and we won. No, and then second the third grade, and then second grade coach walks over and goes, "You sweet to back up, won that game." First grade coach comes up and asks me to back up for first grade. So I ended up playing the three games that one that one day. <laughs> and then, and and so and so, did you think no one would recognise you? Uh, Did you think the headgear would do it? Because <laughs> you're not an inc- inconspicuous person. You're a big fucking guy. Yeah, I think second grade game. That's when I, I kind of feel we probably shouldn't. <laughs> what, what, what were your performances like? Were they giving you away? No, I was. I was playing inside centre. I was. I was more just mucking around. <laughs> <laughs> probably ran about three hundred meters. Not ten tries. This I, I didn't score ten, any tries. You didn't want the loss, <laughs> loss or anything. Yeah. Did you Did you uh, dominate the game? Nah, not really. I was just more so just I just wanted to hang out with the boys. And so what What happened from that? Um, a photographer that was there um, for local rugby. I think he he saw it. through your disguise. <laughs> he snapped. He snapped. <laughs> Uh, no, no one there noticed who I was. Nah, really? But he, yeah, really. So I was, I was more... Were you of, very young? Were you young? Yeah, I was more so coming... I was still was trying to establish myself as a first grader. Right, right, right. So, and then, um, yeah, so he snapped a sh- shot and then I guess someone must have picked it up and noticed it was me and then ends up on the paper and then get a phone call from the Daily Telegraph um, wanting to know if it was me or not. And then club find out uh, did you tell the telegraph it was you no nah, i just said speak to the club because ah, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. they ended up calling me maybe five minutes after the story had dropped and then um it just happened to be a good thing that there was other dramas that that were happening at the club so I sort of got swept under the rug a bit that was when you were with the eels yeah when i was at the right. Eels. so they were going through their salary cap dramas that year and then um yeah so it was sort of the the first strike, and then um, second strike was was a, a no, no no we're not done with the first one. 
Because uh, I, I want to know what. So what do they say to you? What what happens? Like what's the what? Like is it is it a breach of your contract? I'm I'm just curious. Is it a breach of your contract to play for the rugby union? Is it? Yeah, in, it is. At in, the time, in, the, in the lower levels. Yeah, at the time I didn't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, you know, there was the salary cap stuff that were going on, so the club didn't worry too much about it, and it just happened to get swept under. under what the they say to you? Nice. I remember walking to the coach's office and she said, yeah, well, he told me off a bit and then just said, make sure I don't do it again. And then... And that was it? Yeah. It was, it was, it was I guess, more madness that was happening around yeah, around yeah. the club. So when, when did you, I don't think you may get caught, when you were doing it, when you were suiting up and warming up, did you have any inkling you thought, mm, maybe I shouldn't do this? Maybe you thought it's like Superman. Maybe you thought, oh, maybe you thought I'm Junior Paulo. He puts the headgear on. He goes, I'm James Smith now. No one's gonna notice. Yeah, well, I was actually going underneath a disguise name as well. So, yeah. what were the boys calling you? What was your disguise name? Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, getting called Fraser. Yeah. The, the the funny thing about that is John Hopperwhite has done that previous year. He did yeah, it well back. He went and played with Manly against yeah, the two Blues well, back in the day. I remember. Yeah, well, that's what popped up when, yeah. when I I had to face the media a couple of days later. And then uh, that was funny enough. They brought up John Hafawadi, and he actually played local for Parramatta at Two Blues. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a ton of players have done that, and just some were fortunate enough not to get caught at all. Yeah, uh, well, that I know of. Yeah. Did Hafawadi <laughs> do that at the height of his career, or um, towards the back end? No, I think it was towards the back end. I remember the game they played Manly at Parramatta down there at Granville, not at Granville at uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, Granville Park. Yeah, yeah. I was down there that day. Trying to go to the bathroom. Everyone knew. Everyone knew it was him. Yeah, because like uh, he did the same thing, didn't he? Did he wear headgear? Nah, he went without the headgear. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. like John Hopwadi would have like everyone knew who he was. He's like a legend of the game. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, Junior. <laughs> no, but Junior was young and he was up and coming. He said so himself. Um. So and then so that was your first strike with Parramatta. So they didn't tear up your contract. They didn't. They just said, "Don't do it again, Junior." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And and then uh, there was a the famous Chinese dinner at, at Star City. Um, me, Corey Norman, James Seguiaro. Um, so we just got blew out a, a photo that we sort of just uploaded on Instagram. Um, it was dinner out with a couple of bikies. Um, you know, it's one. I guess one photo you. You just want to take back, but then at the end of the day, it just becomes a lesson for us. But was was it people that you went to school with, like friends that you had from back in the day, or um, no? So it was, well, it was a couple of guys who were who were para fans, um, been around the club, um, you know, come out to a couple of games, and then you know we just said uh, they wanted to take us out for dinner, and we just said yeah, why not? Well, to us, it was it was just a dinner, but then once. Once a photo got taken, and you know, police had a look at the photo and knew who 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 the characters were in the photo. That's when it sort of just got blown up. And as a young person coming through, like, how much of a learning curve has that been for you? Uh, massive. Um, only because I found myself down at Canberra after that that incident. Well, for both of you, I suppose, like, when when did you? Maybe that was for you, but feel free to answer it. When did you? Maybe was there a, you know, landmark moment where you went, you know what, I'm not free to just do 
whatever whatever there's going to be i'm not like you have different consequences to your actions and say i would or 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 for yourself like i don't know if i went and had the same dinner with the same people took a photo nobody would care but um at what point did for either of you guys did it go okay fuck things are different for me yeah i I guess like for myself i'm very fortunate i was very fortunate for the fact that um like i've always been pretty straight and narrow like i'm I've, I've kind of always conducted myself like um, pretty responsibly. Like I've tried keeping myself a, a, a good role model because I, I I have tried always keeping an image like I want to be a role model for my kids or before that was just I wanted to be a, a role model. That's just like kind of how I want to use the spotlight, you know. Uh, but it, I guess, but that only goes so far. And then, and I guess the, the second learning curve was when me and you, Fab, started working together. And you we, you outlined a few things, and we went through the graph of the the highs and the lows of oh, the inverted you, the inverted you. So like the the more successful you are, and the the higher your rise to to stardom, is the the steeper the curve down, like the the steeper the fall. And um, yeah, it stuck home, like it struck home, it really did. And just from from that point on, like working with you, and then working with the team, and how we conducted ourselves, it's always kind of been. Um, streamlined after that you know and another thing is like when we first started working together like the team was built around that kind of system so it's like we didn't let anybody in we, mm-hmm. we we only worked with guys with like minds like after i met you shortly after justin and we were very we were very like-minded yeah. and then um after that we met other guys and then the, the the boys that came into the team and the people we said no to and the people we said yes to like they're all built around the same sort of uh system in place and it's 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 good now because we we don't encounter these problems yeah just setting high standards i think having high standards maintaining them that's what it's about because you mm. see it all the time footy players all kinds of people get in trouble and it's common sense really but i don't know what goes through their brains when they're doing it but again if you have high standards and you've got that good that team bond and stuff you know what's required of each other you know and you're reminded every day so you know there's, there's no excuses but everyone learns we make mistakes but 100 yeah. percent. i think in in your situation generally it's a little bit different because you can you can work with a with a like a nuclear group you know with a very small group that um you know and like like justin said like but common sense to me now is not the common sense I would have had at 20 you know what i mean like fuck. <laughs> yeah, or at right. 17 it's not it's nowhere near so without having i think the proximity to to that because i think at a, at a football team correct me if i'm wrong is your squad 35 first graders or something like that like uh, the extended squad you've got your top 30 and then it's about 40 42 43 yeah and and mm-hmm. a large percentage of those guys would be under 25 under 24 yeah. so and you got maximum mate six seven coaches maybe yeah and and you you would have these guys would be coming from literally all over australia if not you know england yeah. and new zealand so it's a lot to look after and if you don't have people that are going to say to you hey dude like these guys might be and, and you know what the, the problem is as well even the guys you took the photo with they might be good guys and they might not have had any thing in their head other than let's take them out let's have a feed and i'm going to home but um you, unless you have someone that can say to you, "Hey, the problem is A, B, C, and D," like it can stop that. It's 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 hard, you know. So, um, when was your landmark moment that you went? I don't think. Uh, but, oh, sorry. But before before we finish, um, before we jump to your one, another thing that I think was also like uh, 
very indicative of like why I didn't uh, have to face the camera at any stage because the the spotlight is different. So for you, as soon as you make first grade, you're the you're the next headline mm. if anything goes wrong. For for me, when I was when I was ranked twelve, no, no one cared. Like that was the thing. Like I, I went all the way to rank three, and no one cared really. You know, someone someone's going to put thing. You're you're champion, and no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> now that you've said it, hundred <laughs> percent. But even to an extent, I hate like, you so much. Even, even to an extent, they still don't care. Like the spotlight's different. Where where you guys like as soon as I made UFC, no one even knew really. Like it was just as soon as you made first grade, you know, you're on you're mm. on thin ice at that point. Like you do anything, and the cameras on you and i guess like that was, that's a very big difference in, in our sport you, you know it was one time this is a true story uh one time after a fight i won't say the fight or where because it might like the person <coughs> i don't want people to feel uncomfortable if, if like they go oh that's me but anyways <laughs> there was this um this this couple came to me after one of rob's fights came to me right and asked me if um rob would join them Draw, draw a conclusion, yeah. but but they asked me, and I was like, "What the fuck am I? Like, I'm not. Do I look like I'm that kind of person? That that's what I do?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm insulted because the, they could have just gone to him. No, I'm insulted because that makes him out like my pimp. <laughs> yeah. They came to me. They came to me and they said, "Like, yeah, I, I won't say exactly what they said, but they said it." And I was like, the whole time I was insulted. I was like, "Do I look?" Like, Take a, that as a like a like a pimp, <laughs> like a fucking pedal people for fucking sexual <laughs> yeah. sexual favors. I, I don't know. No, so your your landmark moment? Yeah, um, it was just that year, um, twenty sixteen um, itself. Oh, so those two things happened in the same year. Yeah, yeah, same year. Um, but prior to that, twenty fifteen, there was another off field incident, which um, which was actually so my first strike. Um, was a road rage incident that happened, which is is something that's way behind me now. <laughs> but, did you suffer uh, from road rage? Did. I did. I did. <laughs> He's cured now. He's <laughs> cured. Yeah, Everyone, no. take your cars back out. It's safe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 18, safe. Eighteen months off the road cured me. What? What happened? Um. Twenty fifteen. Uh. Well, uh I was, go- I was going to pick up my partner. How old were you? How old were you? At 2015. Uh, yeah, four years ago. <laughs> 20. Okay, so you're 20 so years 21. old. 21. Yeah. yeah um, That's still very young. That's like a young yeah. young guy. Yeah, I was, I was going to pick up um, my partner from work. Um, she's doing afternoon shift, um, you know, re- reception job just out at Homebush. Uh, she's heavily pregnant at the time and, you know, it was about... 10.30 at night and we we're just driving back on, on the M4 and then we're, we're on the right lane so you know the overtaking lane um, but it was still you know a fair bit of traffic um, during that time because it was through the roadworks but we we're just on the right lane and old matey was maybe going about 70 on the so, right so lane so oh, he was in front of you yeah he was in right. front of me and then um, no, I just started slowing down and then just high beamed him and then he started brake checking me after that what's brake checking? So we'll speed up and then wait for me to come up close to and then he'll just slam on the brakes and then done it a couple of times. Oh, so you couldn't get around? Yeah, so I couldn't get around and then you know, I, was, I was trying. Oh, my partner was telling me to stay calm and um, you know, I just started building up and then um, after a couple of times, he, he ended up moving out of the way and then stuck his finger out and started mouthing off, but my missus' window was up 
and then she was just telling me to drive but there was there was another car in front of me so then uh, I got fed up at him who was um, still beside me just carrying and he, he was still going off yeah. at you so, was he a very big guy as well I, I, I couldn't see well, my windows were tinted like really tinted <laughs> no uh, no but after you like is he a big guy uh, average like my size uh, so he this guy was just taking the lucky dip when he was yeah all right go on yeah and then so that's why you don't stick your finger up other people yeah. rolling the dice <laughs> yeah Mister yeah, was just telling me just to keep driving keep driving and I'm, mind you at the time was sort of a bit of a hothead um, and I ended up slowing down going around three lanes down the emergency lane and then ended up cutting off two lanes past my truck sideways on the M4 and then just blocked them in and then yeah, so, so he couldn't get out. Yeah, no. so he couldn't get out, and then what kind of car were you driving? Uh, Ford Ranger. Okay. Yeah. And, um, How'd you block him in again? Because yeah. you, you said so it so well, like, I couldn't even visualize <laughs> it. There was three lanes. I was slowed right down, crossed over the two lanes, went down emergency, so I could get in front of everyone, and then just pass my truck. You know, sideways. if you took that much effort to hide your identity in the rugby union they wouldn't have <laughs> that, that's that a would, lot of planning that would never have worked. so you, you just blocked the hole and fall yeah yeah pretty much uh, and then um, hopped out and then uh, sort of tapped on the window and wouldn't put it down and then ended up smashing it oh you smashed the window yeah and then with a punch yeah did then, it hurt your hand I uh, didn't feel it at, at the time until I drove off but you did break your hand or something no, no, no. That was just more so the cut. Oh, you cut your hand yeah. open? How bad? A um, couple of stitches, but it was all good. Your, hand, your hand's fine now? Yeah, yeah, all good. But um, Yeah. Did you, once you broke the window, did you hit him? Yeah, yeah. You hit him with one punch? Or did you break the window, then hit him? A couple punches after, but then, yeah. Fuck. And landed myself in, in hot water after, you know couple of days later how, how bad are you talking about um to actually went out for a family day a couple of days later and then get a phone call from my mum that the police are out, out the front oh fuck. yeah so, yeah so just but not unexpected sure like, yeah, nah, well, yourself, yeah like at the time you would have been like <laughs> no, yeah, was, you, as you're driving off come now that you've done it you're like you're like that probably fair, should yeah. have done that <laughs> no there's a fair few people who hopped out but i just hopped in the truck and we just drove off and yeah i was, I was more so one of those situations where i just see red mm. i wasn't i don't I didn't really think before anything happened and then once once all the sort of events happened over the next couple of days um and sort of the hot water that i landed in you know really just it was one of those things where i didn't mean to get myself into trouble but i also just didn't didn't think about what i was going what i was doing at the time i'm sure we've all been in situations where mm. you just see red like, yeah even me the like, problem is the amount of damage that either one of you could do like if i saw red or eli saw red or Justin saw red. It's all like light shade of pink. <laughs> Justin <laughs> never gets mad. The, the damage would be a lot less. No, yeah, mm. and the spotlight as well. That, yeah. That, that whole thing. So I'm sure there's people that do that on the reg, like just normal everyday citizens. Mm. That, like, I've got, got a mate, and you know who you are. You know who you are if you're listening, who can't fight. He's a little guy, probably, <laughs> I don't know, he's probably up to there on me, which imagine 
<coughs> someone I don't know 165 centimeters tall probably <laughs> 165 <laughs> yeah <100, laughs> telling the truth and probably 64 kilos this is a true story and this guy has <coughs> road rage incidents where he he he's like stopped his car and he's chased people and this and that and i always wonder how are you not fucking dead like, <laughs> how are you not fucking dead but I'll, uh I'll, I'll give you a funny story about a road rage incident i had um i was a road rage because i was in the right lane and I was going very fast. Like, it was, it was like a 100 zone. I was going on maybe 110, okay? Like, it, it was fast enough because I, I was trying to overtake this other guy. But there was a guy, it was early in the morning, and this guy behind me that was just up my clacker, honking and flashing me. And I just pulled over, and I was, I was going to give him the worst evils I've ever given him ever, like, as he drove fast. And as he drove fast, I was like, looking at him in the eye. And he looks at me and goes, <laughs> he's, I was like, he's like yeah get rid of it I was like yeah. I couldn't stay angry I was like, I was like fuck you yeah. uh, fuck. you know um, I had a mate of mine that uh, that he was in a car and these guys were fucking same shit as a whole group of them and uh, another car pulls up next to him and goes to him um, no no it's alright he goes I'll, I'll, I'll fucking I'll take care of this, basically, right? And the guy that I know was like, "Who the fuck? What are you, who are you?" You know, he was Superman. <laughs> and he pulls up next to these, this group of guys, and he just points them off the fucking freeway. <laughs> and it, it was Mark. It was Mark Hunt. He just, oh, yeah, he just, he just pointed them off the freeway, just like. And my mate tells me every time, like, it's probably, it's not like that because he tells me the same story every time I see him for the last 15 years or something <laughs> but it's yeah just like pointed him off the fucking freeway yeah like, probably would have drove off the freeway whole car load of guys just got off the freeway yeah but they didn't know it was like 3 o'clock in the morning on the, on the road he just went and they wow. left that's it that was a game over so then what happened to you so then those those so in chronological order was the road rage incident yep the rugby union, rugby union and then the dinner yeah yeah, um, yeah so that was sort of a, a but tough the, okay, sorry sorry to cut you off but but in fairness it's like a real steep learning curve for a young guy like it's like most people have had similar incidents just the fact yeah that like your yeah. profile and your size of yeah course. understandable now but at the time i didn't realize you know i was a brand um you know like like robert said um i was uh, there's there's an image that comes when when you're, you know, representing the game itself. And I, I didn't really understand that at the time, you know. I was sort of just still trying to find my feet, enjoying, just enjoying life, you know, now that I've played first grade. And and that's one of the things where I wish I had a learned young coming through the juniors. I wish that was just one of the areas where they could have educated us more, um, you know. And then, yeah, during that, that tough couple of years, um, I found myself down in Canberra, and that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me um, on the footy field and also away, but yeah, more importantly, away from the footy field. Um, you know, it was the first time I ever moved out of home, and especially with a young family too at the time. Uh, we, we had the two, two bubs with us. Um, it was one of the, you know, I guess, best learning stages. Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hammer drill in there. <laughs> I hope that's <laughs> The construction next door. Nah, I was just yeah. washing my gi. <laughs> that's, that's a true story. Sorry, yeah. you were saying? Nah, yeah. So that was sort of, 
I guess the best um, learning stage for me and understanding that the image that I portray off the field will damage what I'm what I am on the field but more importantly I guess the image that my kids will see me as um, that was sort of the stage where you know I had to pull my head in you know rugby league has always been my life um, you know coming coming through the ranks you know that was all I ever knew and it was one of those things where I put all my eggs in one basket so I guess without footy sorry it's, it's <laughs> Just... <laughs> That's Aiden Caesar. Yes. Sorry, I'll okay. just throw that on airplane mode. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I guess where it landed me, um, you know, without footy, I pretty much had nothing and you know, it became a real understanding for me and, and my family itself. So it was, it was definitely a big uh, learning curve, but it had to be, you know, a few incidents before I realised, you know, I guess I was still young and learning and, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but I guess I had to make a couple more mistakes than others to actually realise where, where I was heading. Um, in public image aside and whatnot, <clears throat> is there a correlation though to once you, 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 you worked a few of those things out, was there a correlation to that in performance for both of you? Yeah, I'll, I'll kick off. Um, it was for me. Um, the better I was off the field, the better I was playing. And that first year I got down to Canberra was pretty pretty much the best footy that I that I ever played in prior to the f what, three or four years I, I had been playing. Um, you know, we ended up going one game short of a grand final. I, um, was that when you got the Canberra Players Player of the Year, the whole year? Was it the first or second season? Second season. Yeah, yeah so 27. You played two really good seasons. Then. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's exactly, you know, how I, I sort of took that learning um, that learning um, curve away from, from footy. Um, the better I was off the field, the better I was to perform on the field, and that was the first thing I had to get in order. Yeah, and I was I was exactly the same. I was exactly the same because before I started working with you and and training here in Australia a lot, I was I was out <coughs> travelling around. I was I was trying to train overseas a fair bit. I was wasn't spending time with my family. I wasn't I wasn't taking it as serious serious nor as professionally as I should have <coughs> been. So um, once I once I once I came back to Australia and I met yourself and we started bringing everything in and just I started acting more professional. I started. Mm how I was conducting myself out of the octagon was very much similar to how I was conducting myself inside the, mm. inside the octagon. So it was, it was very important for me to just get everything in balance, everything aligned. And yeah, my performance just went straight up. Like you can, you can physically, you can literally see it. It was like loss, loss, then win, 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 win. Um, you said something interesting. You said that you wish that, that more time had been spent for you as a junior coming up. Um, explaining to you what what i guess what was going to come am, am, am I, i'm paraphrasing but is, is that more or less like you understanding the as a junior coming up what what was going to what was going to happen like uh the fact that you were going to become a brand that mm. is, is that is that accurate yeah um you know you can't prep for for first grade um you know you're playing all through your juniors and then you know just i guess one lucky shot you get thrown in the deep end um 
and you've got to be able to take that opportunity with both hands and take off. But then you're not understanding all the pressures that come with it and also the distractions, which were the, the main things. Um, yeah, that's one one side of, of footy that you know a lot of others don't actually see is the pressures and and distractions that the players come across once they're facing um, you know being in that public image. So it's definitely an area that you know a lot of the younger boys now nowadays are sort of slowly understanding with you know guys who have come through it like myself and you know a few few others who who have been in in the game for for a while now. But you know you just kind of wish that. You didn't have to make those mistakes to to get where where you are now. The the problem is like when people go, everyone makes mistakes and da da da. The problem is that, like you don't really have, and I agree, everyone makes mistakes. I've made, but the problem is that sometimes some of the mistakes you might not be able to come back from. Like let's say mm-hmm. if you'd actually hurt that dude, like yeah. hurt him bad, bad, like you could end up in jail, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or um, if anything 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 all sometimes you don't get you don't get the opportunity to make the mistakes because you make one and yeah that's it you know so um one of the things that i find interesting is when i when i look at people like like yourselves like uh robin jr and to a lesser extent justin um <laughs> whilst whilst you you're very talented and like it's not it's not necessarily in the sport itself that that the guidance needs to occur a lot of the times it's like we've said this before having like the right accountant with you having the right manager having the right you know the right people around you i think is um more important because playing football you you can play it you you can fight you can play (laughs) (laughs) you you can play football and you can fight Fight (laughs) 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 um how'd you end up boxing did you come back or did you box when you were in Canberra just quickly before we start that did you hear about uh, what are your thoughts on Joel Romero's uh, windfall big windfall recently before we get on Junior's boxing his fighting which is a good story oh we can segue into his fighting of course Um, did you hear about it Eli 27 million 27 million yes I did um, my opinion on it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, one, one. Congratulations. I hope he gets it. <laughs> um, two. I don't. I, I. I don't know what supplement company realistically would have the money to be able to, to to pay that. So unfortunately, he probably won't see any of the money. They'll probably go bankrupt. Um, I'm not a lawyer or anything. I'm just guessing. Um, although you know, I do have an education from Ashcroft High School. <laughs> um, <laughs> That that that's something that I that you know, the the one thing that I think that that's that's that that rises to the forefront with 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 that is that then, and and you know let's give Romero then the benefit of the doubt that it was unbeknownst to him he didn't know he took the he took the supplements and the supplements were tainted, so but unequivocally then he was under under the influence of performance enhancing drugs which. You know, help with performance, obviously. So then, unequivocally, he he was on performance enhancing drugs. My question then is: take someone like Jacare, who lost that fight, but by a very close split decision, then Romero popped hot. 
Um, now it's like, okay, blah, blah, blah. What kind of windfall does he get? Can he sue that company? I don't know. I'm asking for all you solicitors out there. It must be thousands of solicitors that watch our show. So, If not hundreds <laughs> of thousands. <laughs> hundreds, maybe millions, maybe millions. Essentially. Um, <laughs> does someone like Jakare then say, well, his, my, my life got derailed? Yeah, his life... Exactly, you said his life changed the moment he lost to Romero because they were they were fighting for the title shot. People don't realize it's and not like that one loss it changes his the course of his career. Yeah, well, because like, like one loss and that's it. You're back at the top of the food that chain, fight, you know? which on the record is still a loss for Jacare, yeah. which I think should should be under revised at least. Yeah. Um, was that that fight in itself was very close to the wire. Jacare lost that fight, but if he were to to have won that fight, he would have fought Chris Weidman, which he just beat recently. Yeah. By the way, that's not necessarily that's not Romero's fault. Yeah. But if Romero, because Romero didn't take financial loss from for for any of the fights, he won them. Yeah, you know he won them, got bonuses. You know, like he had a path of destruction through that through that yeah. division. So he he actually didn't lose any money, but there was. There were fighters that fought a guy that was obviously on gear, and and like he he it's it's more than proven. So, what happens to them? Yeah. What happens to Rockhold? Rockhold and, almost got killed. And remember, this isn't on anything on Romero. This has nothing to do with Romero at this stage. This has this is like a this is like a problem a beef with the other fighters versus the supplement company that led to. Romero's superhuman prowess and the company itself like how how are we going to deal with this and how are we going to deal with things like this because exactly as you said like Romero who again because I know there's listeners out there be like oh you're a piece of like just going off of me probably Adesanya for some reason (laughs) (laughs) um, like Romero derailed a lot of guys a lot of guys like, like Rockhold still hasn't fought yet. Mm-hmm. Like, and well, you, you and Romero both haven't fought after your fight with him. Yeah, after the last fight. for whatever reasons, like there was other things. Not you know, there was your stomach as well. But, but still, you and him haven't fought since. Yeah, like know? yeah, he's he's a hard guy. Like so, like yeah, like if I don't know, Romero hasn't fought because Rob broke his face, right? Rob broke yeah. Romero's like so. Yeah. Yes. So the damage that Rob did yeah, was... Yeah, but then also then... And then something happened to Costa as well after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like... Both. But if, even then, he was out for a bit. He was out for a bit. We had a, like, we had a fight, hard fight. But has, yeah. has there been any information about the supplement company? Because I myself wouldn't mind some supplements. <laughs> <laughs> if they're the ones Romero was taking... If they I, make I, Eli I, look like Romero... <laughs> yes, if, please. If they're but giving he, him out... <laughs> do I have to go to Cuba to... No, uh, no, I don't know. When I read it, it wasn't like a like a massively well known company that I know of. I could be I could be a hundred percent wrong, um, but I don't know. Like you look at well known companies like Musashi or I don't know, like even Blackmores or whatever. None of those. If you sued them for thirty million dollars, like mm. it's it's fucking game over. And this company was like not not that I know of. I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I almost bet everything that I own, which is very very little, um, that. He's not going to get that money. No way in the world. Tell me as well if you're if you're starting up a, a company like a like a, a supplement company, you're not being like, well, this is this is whole proof, like this is foolproof, like, like surely you got you got to take into account somewhere out there someone's going to sue you. 
Yeah, I, I think, that, well, there's been a lot of cases where, where the supplement companies have been found to have had traces in yeah, there. Yeah, well, every second week you guys popping, yeah. popping up saying, oh, my supplements, <laughs> like across, not just MMA, which every second yeah. week there is someone popping up saying, oh, it the supplements. But across the sporting history, like for there's years. a, yeah, mm. for footy, for everything, there's there's a guy going, my supplements, oh no. Like, where'd you buy them from? Woolworths? <laughs> like, like, where are you getting these types of stuff? I, I just, I just feel that that what in, what, <coughs> what interests me is like I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how they got to the, the those figures. And I know people are going to say this is how they got to those figures. Fab. I don't give a fuck. I, I mean, I, I read the fucking thing. I get it. Um, but what I'm what I'm saying is, um, I'm more. I, I don't understand then how that works it okay he didn't mean to take it but you're allowed to keep like like i understand that like if i don't mean to like if someone spikes my water which justin hasn't done that sort of shit to people in years but if someone spikes my water here with alcohol and i go out and drive nobody gives a fuck that it was spiked like yeah okay you might be charged again but <laughs> but the police the police are going to still nail me for you know for drink driving they're not going to go oh, okay well you know you've had your drink spiked it's okay keep driving yeah. so that's something that i don't understand like what happens i'd be more inclined to think about someone like jacare and what kind of case he would have in that scenario because Good. I, I think it's great that, that Romero got that windfall, especially if he was taking things unbeknownst to him. But what happens to guys that have had to fight him and lose and have their careers derailed? Completely. In an alternate universe, Jacare was champion. Yeah, could could well have been. Do you know or, what I mean? Or Rockhold. Yeah, 100%. Like, it, it's it's crazy. And and these are guys like Jacare had been a champion at Strike Force. Rockhold had been a champion at Strike Force and in, and, yeah. at, and in the UFC. So... You're not talking like pipe dreams. These are people yeah. that, that have been they, right they up there. They have that championship stuff. So, yeah. So Jacare is champion and I'm a sparky. Alternate universe. <laughs> That's... Alternate universe. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, on the, on the topics of fighting, uh, before we get to your, your fighting... You know, actually, you were in Canberra and, and so... When how how did it happen that you you decided because that like Justin said you had really really good seasons you won the best player in Canberra award kind of thing mm. um, no one wants to live in Canberra anyways um, <laughs> and then what made you go I want to fight Paul Gallen of all people um, Paul ba- Paul Gallen's a yeah. tough guy no I, I didn't actually go out looking for the fight um, you know that 2016 year where I moved down to Canberra I was coming back to Sydney and I actually just started um going a couple of sessions a week um whenever i was in sydney um at, at the gym uh stand shown there with justin um so you know there was it was more so just to keep fit um i still remember the first time i i went down it was at minter uh the pcyc there our pcyc um and you know he, Justin said, uh, "Oh, you can move a bit." Have I was, you, I was yeah. impressed. When the first, very first session, you came, the very first session you came down, I was impressed for a big fella. Yeah, and I saw shades of Tyson there. <laughs> it was actually the first session I, I actually done them, and then um, first session ever. Uh, first proper boxing training session. Yeah, <laughs> most of the times it's just mucking around with the boys. 
I'm just trying to keep fit at the park or at home in the backyard. So, um, yeah, so a couple sessions in, um, fast forward that year to the end of season. And then, um, you know, a couple of promoters were talking about doing a, a fight for life rugby league um, from charity night. Um, you know, there's a couple of names that they've rattled off who wanted to fight Gallen. And then uh, no one said yes to him. And then the opportunity just had to come up when it was actually my old team manager who at Parramatta, who was actually one of the promoters there, who got in touch with me and asked me if I wanted to fight Gallen. Well, it was actually, do, do I want to fight at the end of the year? Mm. And I, I just said, yeah. I, I didn't know who I was fighting. I was just like, yeah, I've always wanted to just say, just jump in the ring and get a feel for it and experience it. You know, I've always wanted to tick that off the bucket list, you know, to actually fight professionally. And then, um, no, I think we were about three weeks into our training camp when they actually confirmed it, that it was going to be Gallant. So, you know, I was pretty much just, yeah, went from there. And I, yeah, I, was, at, I was at home one day and the, he, he met, Junior messaged me and he said, oh, hey, Just, like, um, I've been asked if I want to fight Paul Gallant. And I said, oh, really? Cool. And I said, he said, oh, would you be interested in training me? I said, oh, of course. Like, you know, why don't you come down the gym and and we'll have a chat and we'll do a session and it just went from there you know yeah uh, you know I've always you know I've always been known that I can punch when I'm fighting a punching bag and knowing that it's not going to hit me back yeah, or but, a window <laughs> yeah in that case a window yeah but uh, yeah it was just all something I've wanted to do and just experiencing you know I was lucky enough um, to get through that um, I guess three rounds with Paul Gallant. But but I saw that fight. You did like he did really really well. Like Gallant, Gallant is, 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 he, did he give Gallant his best fight? You reckon? Yeah, I I think so. Like Gallant was about four and zero or five and zero at the time. He was ranked number four in Australia, like as a heavyweight. Like if you can believe that. And Junior had zero fights, zero amateur, zero professional fights, and we just spent seven weeks training. And then he was fighting Paul Gallant. So. Um, Hats off to Junior, like you, you know, hats off to Junior. That was good. That was good. Only our devout listeners will get that. I was, proud, I was super proud of him because, like, footy players get a bad rap, you know, like speaking of Justin Hodges recently, and they get a bad rap in boxing because of who they fight and blah, blah, blah. But boxing trainers who have been training uh, old school guys for 20, 30 years, um, promoters were messaging me the next day and calling me up phone calls messages and they go mate what did you do with junior i go what do you mean he goes because you know he looked the part like he did really well he had gallon in trouble um just the experience and the fitness might have like let him down in the last round but yeah they said mate good job both of you guys because even the a uh, good friend of mine ben damon who's like a who's a um a big name in main event and stuff like he's over in new york now interviewing anthony joshua for the fight and stuff so he's a sort of a big name in boxing he was the one commentating for that night and he said oh he's in the beginning you can hear him go wow because junior looks looks like he can move like he looks good and you know so we put a lot of work in you know and he turned up every day he did not miss a day so each week that we trained and we, we went through i just got more and more confident and he was sparring guys he was dropping guys and sparring um you know, he was doing everything I asked of him, and each week we got more confident. And I honestly thought, you know, he's got a chance against Gallen. And then in the second round, he wobbled him, had him hurt, and then the bell went. And you know, the last round, he, I think he just, you know, it all went out of him. You know, yeah. he tried his best to finish him, and it didn't didn't happen. But yeah, was, and he, he loved the experience. So, yeah. what did you think when you wobbled him? 
think this is the first time I'm actually talking about the fight. Um, I don't know. Once, once I sort of seen him, I guess, you know, stumble back, I just wanted to finish the fight there and then. I probably wasn't patient enough. Um, no, saying that now that, you know, post the fight, but during, yeah, during the actual fight itself, I, I was probably already celebrating in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll probably have taken my time back. Probably would have just been more patient with that. That's experience, though. Like, mm. you know, did, did you, as they say, blow your load? Well, he came back after <laughs> after that round. The last, it's, I go, June, it's the last round. And he, goes, he said to me something along the lines of, I'm gassed. Like, he goes, yeah. he goes so, I've got nothing left. So and blew I said, his Junior, load. Yeah. I said, Junior, you know what? Just just get through it. Just just tough it out. Yeah. I, I think that's all I said. You just got to tough it out because you're not going to be like, you're going to have the energy or the gas or whatever. Just tough it out. And he did. Mm. You know, he did. That comes from lack of experience. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, um, everyone does. If there's one thing I can take away from that fight, I wish I had a had a had like an amateur fight just to get a feel for atmosphere. Yeah. Um, you know, you yourself have been in that many fights now. But, um, you know, I've always wanted to just, just, I guess, train for the actual fight night itself. How were the nerves? Yeah, no. I'll, I'll speak for him and say, <laughs> in the dressing room, the like five minutes before, he was sweating bullets. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm nervous, hey, I'm nervous. He came up and gave me a hug and that, you know, like, yeah. But one funny story is, it was live on national TV on main event, the fight. So, um, the the cameras are in there filming us warming up doing pads before the fight and it could have went viral and it would have been bad for me i'd still be sleeping if it happened because he threw a right hand and it was like a miscommunication <laughs> and the right hand went whizzing past me and i don't know maybe i've got cat-like reflexes i don't know or maybe i'm lucky because he, <coughs> he didn't hit me if he hit me i was i'd still be sleeping yeah i actually do <clears throat> and it would have been on national tv yeah. I would have quit boxing, coaching. I would have went and got a job somewhere. You know, here's a fun fact. I have a bad habit of hitting my cornerman in the back room. Bad habit. <laughs> yeah, I've got my tooth is missing. Yeah, I've had... It's been bad for me. Yeah. It has chipped, chipped his teeth. I've rocked him a couple of times. Yeah. Just. And and there's... For people like... There's a, there's a notable size difference. Like almost 20 kilos between us. <laughs> and he fucking hits me. But it's, it's not on purpose. It's not on purpose. Well, he hit me too. Remember that day in the gym? We're moving around together. He's only got hand wraps on. And he hits me with a little right hand like there. Oh, yeah, straight I down go, the barrel. He goes, are you all right? Are you all right? I go, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Did I do something wrong? Are you upset with me? <laughs> he, he hit me nice and clean. What were we filming for? We are filming for something. Oh, I don't know. Something. I think it was in Vegas. No, it was in, it was in my gym. And yeah, we're just it moving, might have been moving better, around. Yeah, just simulating. Before the fight. <laughs> It's hard. When the nerves are firing, you can barely feel your arms, eh? Yeah. Um, can't feel your legs, can't feel your arms, you're on... No, I was scared shitless, man. <laughs> um, different to a footy game. Well, I get nervous for footy games, but... You know, you got your teammates there, but... Yeah. When, when you're jumping into that ring, it's just you, nowhere to hide. 100%. No one's going to come cover for you and make a tackle for you, and... No one's going to take a punch for you to and, the head. And there's no, there's no real second chances. Because I, I yeah. feel like in football, and... For, like, yeah, forgive no, me if I'm wrong right. because I don't play first grade. It's but right. um, <laughs> hey, up, come on, roosters. mate, men eye roosters. <laughs> Shout out, men eye roosters. One of its greats. <laughs> but um, but like if you do something like you drop the ball or you miss a tackle or something, the next set you can make up yeah, for that. Yeah, make up for it. Like you can you can start you can have a terrible first half and have a unbelievable second yeah. half. You know what I mean? But whereas in in boxing and fight game, like make one mistake yeah, and you the fight. Your mistakes, you, you know about them very yeah. quick. No, I think that was the one thing that was going in the back of my head. It was on live TV, first fight, 
I just didn't want to get knocked out. <laughs> How's wanted... that for a debut, but first fight ever, no amateur fights, no nothing, mm. against a number four ranked guy in Australia <laughs> um, on live TV. It's unheard of. What, what do you think, um, Junior, is that something, fighting is something you want to do when you finish footy? I've never thought too seriously about it. Um, <coughs> you know, I'd love to have a couple more fights while I'm still playing, <coughs> staying fit throughout preseason and that. But um, you know, maybe maybe I would, maybe I won't. But it's <laughs> it's probably one thing you know that I that I definitely like to keep doing. So whether or not I finish up my, my footy career and then go into boxing, similar to what Paul Gallen and you know a couple other NRL stars have done, you know, it'll be good too. But uh, I'll just wait and see what what the future holds. Did you play football against Bam Bam? Are you the same age? Like Ty, yeah. you same age? Yeah, we um we actually had a couple encounters right from since we were thirteen. Yeah, it was the first time we played against each other. So I was playing a oh, funny story, right? Um, playing Ashcroft Stallions and we in the, in the trials you play teams from other comps and he was playing for St Mary's at the time. Was he massive? Same size he was then when we were 13. Fucking Same size he is now. Yeah, he was <laughs> massive. Um, but you would have been a big kid too. Not that big. <laughs> not, <laughs> not as big compared to him. Yeah. Um, you know, we see him like you know, a 13 year old you, you always talk with the boys about who, who the guns are from the other team and you know you you hear the stories about how they've been playing in their comp and how they've been running a mark and then we played them in a try and I was like, oh. Did Ashcroft have a, have a good team? Uh, yeah, um, so we won the comp that year. But we played um, uh, Ty in, in a trial game that next week. So um, we'll play against him and I knew who he was and I was like, fire out, I'm going to play against him. And then, so during the game, he's been killing it, running a mark against us and then, you know, I was quite even at the time and then they scored and then we had to kick off and they, we kicked off to him and I was like yeah kick it kick it straight to him don't worry I got him I got him don't worry he, he, someone else tackled him the, the first tackle they went away second tackle and I was like yeah I got him I got him on the third tackle they passed it to him I'm running there right across and yeah he ended up scoring and <laughs> how, how? Like, I don't know if he remembers it but, but no, how? I clearly remember that what, did he step um, you or did he just... I was still lying down on the 30 meter. <laughs> <laughs> he ran over you. He just bumped you off. Yeah, he bumped me off. And that was the first time I played against him. But and you ran 100 meters and scored. Yeah. Uh, he didn't score. He ended up passing. But he set up the, yeah, that try. Uh, I still remember that. And that was the first encounter with Big Ty. And then um, just throughout the junior ranks, we always played against each other. Uh, no, I was at a fair, um, good, good few battles with... With Ty coming through, he he's very um he's got very light feet, eh, for such yeah. a big guy. Yeah, he does, man. Um, real skillful too. I remember, well, even in SG Ball with seventeens, um, we played against each other in a grand final, and then another case here they they won that one. So, but um, just all through the, through the ranks of eighteens and twenties, um, he's always just been real light, skillful player. You know, it's sort of like. A, a prop stuck in a halfback's body. Oh, sorry. No, other the way other around. way. Yeah. yeah, other way around. So yeah, he's always been a real skillful player. And just you see it now when he's fighting too. Real. Yeah, you can see his well. dexterity now. Yeah. Like, and his talent, like it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Is that what about MMA? Is that something you would consider? 
Um, never, never tried it. Um, you know, the closest we've ever gone to wrestling is just footy. Well, footy. Um, never gone too much into the whole grappling side of things. But you know, I do love watching watching the sport, but never, never trained for it. What do you think, Rob? Someone like uh, Junior doing MMA in Australia. Yeah, he he tear it up. Like the, the seeing the way he boxed and his obvious like talent and his ability to move. Like he'll he'll tear it up. Like he for sure if he if he dedicated his time to just trying to hit UFC, he could he could do so. Like he's pretty happy where he is. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying to leave <laughs> trying to f- football, but I'm I'm just saying like. The talent's obviously there because Definitely. the the way he boxed in your first. If anyone hasn't seen it, please watch um, Junior and Paul Gallon because it was it was good for a first <coughs> fight. It was pretty pretty crazy. Ridiculous, like yeah. ridiculous. Like find find like nine out of ten people won't be able to do that. Get on the get in front of this big nah, lights. Ninety nine out of ninety nine point nine nine out of a hundred. Who fought Justin Hodges? That was his first fight too. Yeah, and he performed. <laughs> oh, please, man, they just keep giving it. To- you know, we actually saw Justin Hodges the other day <coughs> at um. We were in Canberra for the for the nationals, and we we're staying in the same hotel. Yeah, Jacob, all of us were staying. The- but like, you think he recognised me? Yeah, I just put on a hood and a mask. <laughs> oh, no, I never said anything bad about him. No, but he, he's actually a nice guy. Like we look, he mm. seemed like a nice dude. But he's a fucking big guy. Yeah, no, he's he's always been. Even when he was playing footy, um, you know, he's obviously an outside back. So, but when he stood up next to like forwards, he's he's actually yeah, just a big human. Yeah, he's <coughs> he's like a big big dude. Like, mm. but he'd be easily nice. over a hundred kilos. When when I saw him sitting at the dinner table. Like the dinner table looked tiny. Yeah, like his arms he's a big guy, man. Real big guy. So he'd have trouble getting under a hundred kilos. I think he played under a hundred. No, no. Now I'm oh, saying. Oh, now he's yeah, probably. I think a lot of footballers would after post footy. <laughs> what? What? If you were going to fight, what kind of fights are you looking for? Like what? Like how? How did the fights happen? Does it happen? Justin, do you want to talk on that? Yeah, it's, it's a matter of Junior being interested again, getting permission from the club, um, and then getting the promoter to, or a matchmaker to find a match. And we do the training part, like, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's what we do. But a promoter, a, a matchmaker, just putting the fight on. You just want to get someone with similar experience. Like I said to him, you know, if we had it had our time again, you just fight someone who's having their first fight or they've already had one fight. Like I said, Paul Garland had four or five fights. He was number four in the country. Junior next time would fight someone with similar experience. So, you know, and then that's when he'd take off. I think that'd show him what he's capable of. That fight with Gallon showed him, but having someone evenly matched, you'd see you'd see the best of him, and yeah, you just take it from there. But yeah, he'd get a fight. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to say, "Just you want to train me again?" Hopefully, at the end of this year. Um, no, no rep footy. So hopefully, get a chance to do it again. You've had international games, haven't you? Yeah, for Samoa. Um, how, how, can you? Does that make you ineligible to play for Australia? Uh, still able to, because uh, Samoa's a second tier nation. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, you know, still eligible to play. Yeah, for Australian state of origin. But you know, if the time comes, it will. But yeah. What's it like uh, now that you're back home? You prefer being in Sydney, or did you like being in Canberra? Um. I prefer to be in Sydney. Um, family, family, and all of that are here. But you know, loved Canberra as well. Sort of, you know, made it home away from home, 
And then, yeah, just being back now, just having an extra set of hands in with the grandparents, able to help out with the kids as well. So, no, I definitely enjoy being back too. So I'm around um, my close friends as well and, and family as well. So it's definitely a lot more settling here back in Sydney. Okay. Um, another thing, on, on just like annotation on the margin, as my father would say, uh, Justin, you wrote your second book. Do you want to tell us about that and where, where we can people can buy it? Yeah, I spent the last uh, few months just writing writing the the book itself, and today I, it's it's up on a site called blurb.com But if people are interested in the book, uh, they can go to my Instagram or Facebook page and check the link there. But I'm pretty happy and pretty excited about it. So it's just like a compilation, so to speak, of you know my years of experience and just thoughts and principles and beliefs towards training and just learning and developing and performance and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Like I, I spent the last three months, like I said, just jotting it out. Uh, it's published now, so if anyone's interested, <clears throat> hopefully it'll help. <clears throat> My goal is always to help at least one person, so if there's more than that, <clears throat> I'm happy. But um, yeah, it's out now, so just check my Instagram or Facebook, and the link is up there. Okay. Um, sorry, just to confirm, is that Stan Strong, the, the Stan Instagram Strong and boxing Facebook? Coach Justin, yeah, Stan Strong, boxing coach Justin on Instagram. Oh. That's it. Um, so what's what's next then for you? What like you you're playing this weekend? Yeah, coming up against the bunnies tomorrow night. Right, um, right. Top of the ladder, so they're definitely the, I guess uh, the platform and that you want to be the benchmark team that you you want to be playing against. So yeah, you know, they've lost a couple to Origin, which hopefully would help us in favour. But you know they still got their. They're big Englishmen up front in their forward pack who've been probably playing the best footy they have been over the past couple of years. Um, you know, they're, sh- they're showing why they're, they're, the, they're the benchmark for the competition. Okay. And uh, Rob, you, uh, any, any news for you? What's happening? What's happening now? Any, any of the stuff? Um, yeah, I guess firstly, like we're, we're going to be launching the GAP program in the next couple of weeks. I think enrollment starts in a couple of weeks. Enrolments have already been. Yeah, we're enrolling them. They're coming through. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, done. Yes, yeah, we're looking. We're looking yeah. to launch this um, in the next couple of weeks, and I'm very excited for that. It's it's always good to meet new the, the, the new batch, the new students, and just it's you know it's a, it, it's it's a great thing, and um, we got some boys competing as well in in a couple of months. I think David Francis is is the the, yes, the next one. Dave's fight's about five weeks away. Jacob's yeah. got a boxing fight a few weeks after that. Penned in, so, and then yeah. obviously Jacob's comp- uh, training a lot for the ADCC, yep. Abu Dhabi. So that's that that that'll be great. <laughs> He's gonna be training hard for that. Uh, we got some comps scattered out throughout the year, like Golden Boots things coming up. Any news on your fight? Uh, there's no news, unfortunately. Um, I would, yeah. It's some yeah. background on our juniors, like because they scheduled it on the same day mm. as the grand final. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. so so far, like that—that's—that's yeah. that's w- that's what the the word on the street is. Like, yeah. well, obviously, we're we're trying to move it, like like one or two days, like at least. But um, it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's an annoying thing not being able to 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 pen in a fight yet, because obviously we we're, we're trying to make we we got timelines as well. We're doing things ourselves, so it's it would make it much better if uh, we we could get a date locked in, but. Otherwise, just training, training, comps, training. Um, I guess that's us for today. Thank you very much, guys, Junior. Thank you, Justin. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Rob, Eli, thanks again, guys. (coughs) Thank you. Catch you again on Tuesday.
Thank you, Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Take care. You.